Genesis chapter number one. What? That's what you guys thought OG meant, right? That's what I thought it meant. All right. Genesis chapter number one. Some of you are like, oh no, man, that's not what I mean. I know, calm down. <laughs> Genesis chapter number one. And I'm going to ask you guys to stand for a moment. Just going to read just a few verses. Uh, last week we talked about the battleground of the mind. The battleground of the mind and how the devil wants to influence your mind. He wants to uh, infiltrate your mind. Uh, and uh, he does that through a number of means. We talked at length about the fact that the, the devil strives uh, to put images in our mind that don't belong there, and furthermore, words that don't belong there. And so this and this is super, super crucial and critical, uh, what you do with and what you allow into the, these right here and what you allow into these right here, uh, because those things are driven, as we're going to learn tonight, by spirits. Look at Genesis chapter number one, Genesis chapter Number one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, what? You know what you want in any church? You want the Spirit of God to move. And let me say this, if the Spirit of God isn't moving, something else is. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, I want you to notice this, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Brother Joe, our prodigal son has returned. Would you go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer? Yep. Yes. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Uh, the Bible says, we've looked at it before in Ephesians chapter 6, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual, spiritual, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so in order to fight the, the spiritual wickedness in high places, you have to understand what it is you're dealing with. You have to be able to discern the spirits, discern the right spirit from the wrong spirit. And, and so I think one thing that's important to do is look at the right spirit. The reason why is this. The devil is a great imitator. By the way, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter, I think it might be chapter 11, be followers of me as I am of Christ. Anybody ever read that before? Uh, new Bibles change that and say be imitators of me. Let me say to you right now, you are not to imitate God, you are to follow him. Because the devil is the greatest imitator of all. Marvel not, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He knows how to imitate what God does. So if you can find the original and find what God does and how the Spirit of God moves, you will also learn what the counterfeit looks like as well. I, I want to call your attention to the fact that uh, as it relates to uh, what happens here in verse number 2, there's darkness and then there's light in verse 3. Now, before there's light, there are two things that happen. The Spirit of God moves, and what else happens in verse 3? God said. All right, so when we talk about a spirit that moves and is moving in, in, in the midst of us, you need to pay attention to what is being said. The, the, we, the, the, old, uh, the verse in Proverbs is, death and life are in the power of the tongue. As it relates to God, listen, I believe in a big bang. I do. Some of you believe in it, some of you don't. I believe God spoke, bang, there it was. Amen. You know what that shows you? The power of God. Now, notice the connection, though, in verse 2, to the Spirit of God moving with, what, with God speaking in verse 3. 
There's a connection there. It's important to, make, uh, to take, get a hold of that uh, because there are two things that are connected with how a spirit moves. Number one, breath, and number two, words. Look at Genesis chapter number two. Genesis chapter number two, uh, a verse I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Uh, by the way, the law of the first law of thermodynamics is that energy can either be created or destroyed, only converted from one energy source to another. You know what you're about to read throughout Genesis 1 and 2? You're reading about the ultimate life source, God himself taking life from him and pouring it out into creation. And he does that in chapter 2, particularly with mankind. Look at verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. You know what the biggest problem you face is? Feeding a corpse. Once you're saved, the, the Bible says the old man is dead. The biggest problem you have is you're constantly feeding a dirt ball. Instead of understanding this dirt ball is just a vessel, what really matters is what's filling the vessel. And, and you, listen, the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit of God. Why? Because if you're not filled with His Spirit, there's a good chance other spirits will try to come in. You go, well, I'm saved. You will not touch your soul. The devil can't do that. But you absolutely can be influenced in your spirit. I told you Genesis 2 verse 7. Park there, but take a break and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Real quick, we'll come right back to Genesis. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, this is midweek Bible. All right, so we are going to look at a lot of scripture. You say, Pastor, you say that every week because that's what we do. That's what we do. All right, chapter 7, look if you would at verse number 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the, what are the two elements mentioned there? And which one's not mentioned? The soul. You know why? God already took care of that one. All right? But the flesh and the spirit are mentioned. You know why? Because your flesh, obvi- it's obvious to all of us in here, the flesh can be unclean. But your spirit can also be unclean. And your spirit can be influenced by other spirits. Why? Because if you expose yourself to the moving of another spirit, and that spirit carries with it words. And if you expose yourself to the wrong spirits, your mind and your vessel can absolutely be influenced. All right, uh, go back to Genesis chapter number two. Genesis two is just making sense so far, just just by way of introduction. Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter two. All right, this is God pouring life into man. Genesis chapter number two. Look at verse seven. Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. There's the dirt ball, and all the ladies said, "Amen." Amen. Man is just a dirt ball. There it is, right there. It's got scripture for it. And breathed into his nostril. Now, now, hold on a second. You realize he doesn't make Eve out of a dirt ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> Brother Brad, not directly. <laughs> I'm so glad you were paying attention, Brad. Amen. That's good. All right, now, now look what it says in the verse of verse 7. And breathed, watch it, he breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life. So you know what that is? That is literally what we would call inspiration. It is God putting his spirit into Adam, and thus Adam becomes a living soul. There is consciousness. There's a mind there. Prior to that, it was just the body. It was just the flesh. But then that that spirit of God comes in, occupies that vessel, and then there's life there that wasn't there before. It's a great picture of what happens when you get saved. You had a dead spirit. There's no life. Now the vessel's moving around, but spiritually no life. And then God comes in, and man, there's life. And all of a sudden, you're noticing things when you get saved you didn't notice before. That's how it's supposed to work. Now, I want to point something out. Look at verse number 17. Verse number 17. And I want you to notice what God says here in verse number 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. From the day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely what? All right, we understand according to Ephesians chapter 2 that that, uh, once you sin, all right, your spirit is now dead. You don't have a living spirit. Uh, when sin, came, when the law came, sin revived, Romans 7, and I die. That's what Paul says. And he's talking about the death of the Spirit, not the death of your soul in the lake of fire. All right? So in regards to this, understand this much. Until which time you are saved, so much about the Bible is not going to make sense. Because your spirit is not in tune with God's. Now, when you are saved, the question is this. All right? In regards to the, God pouring His Spirit into you, why does Paul say to be filled with the Spirit? Here's why, because, all, and I've mentioned this before, just because the moment you get saved, here's what he does. 
He fills you and He seals you and He regenerates you all at the same time with the Spirit of God. But after that, you decide how much of His Spirit and how much of other spirits are coming in and out of your life. And you go, well, that sounds kind of spooky. Well, bear with me. Bear with me if you would. Uh, Look at chapter number 3. Let me show you some things here. Chapter 3. We're going to park a little bit in the introduction in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Now look at Genesis chapter 3. Can I, can, I, can I show you something? Look at verse number, uh, let's see here, uh, 5. For God doth know, this is the serpent speaking. For God, now, you know what, let's go back to verse 2. The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the tree, uh, fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. So let's stop. God illuminated to Adam and Eve, and you can make the argument that he, he tells this to Adam. We're not sure if he directly says it to Eve, but he at least says it to Adam, and he passes it on to her. So by virtue, she hears what God says, if, if by, at worst case, through Adam. And so but what does God say? What does the Spirit of God move and say to them? Well, he says, look, you can eat whatever you want, but not that one. Because the day that you do that, you're going to die. Now look at what the devil says. Look, if you would, at verse number 5. Uh, verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely what? That's a different spirit. See, one spirit's moving, and it's a spirit of protection. The other spirit is moving. It's a spirit of, you can get whatever you want. It's all for you. Forget the shackles. Forget the bondage. I, I bet you if the devil showed up to Eve, he probably said something like this, God's a legalist. Because that's what Christians say these days when they don't like what the Bible says about anything. God, that's just legalist. No, it's not legalism. It's following what God said. Because the Spirit of God is there to protect you as His child. And so what they do here is they open themselves up to another spirit. And how does that spirit communicate? Listen, well, we're different. we are different than the animal kingdom, I, I hope, in more ways than one. Uh, but, but one of the primary ways is we don't communicate by, well, some people... <laughs> They kind of grunt, you know, but, but generally speaking, we communicate with words. That's what makes you different than a dog, amongst hopefully a lot of other things, all right? But what makes you different than the animal kingdom is this. You communicate the way that God does through words because you have a spirit that's communicating things between you and other spiritual beings known as people. The devil shows up. And there's a different spirit moving here. Uh, let me, let me uh, say that the devil says this as well. Look at verse 5. Then your eyes, he says, that God doth know in the day you shall eat thereof, then your eyes shall be what? Can I say there's two ways to have your eyes opened? Through the purity of the word of God illuminating things or through perversion? You guys ever watch Pinocchio? I know. Bear with me. I'm quoting Pinocchio. But, but like, you, you remember the, the, the story where he goes down, he meets these people, and they go, oh, let's go, let's go have a good time, and they turn into donkeys, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and listen, there are two ways to get light on a subject. One is through the Word of God, and the Spirit of God moves through this. And the other is by going out and experiencing the filth of this world. You will have a lot of knowledge, but not of the right kind. It is sensual and earthly, and I love it when someone at work says something that's a little, little off color, and you know, maybe my kid's there, and they, they work with me in my, in my company, and they're like, I don't know what that is, and like, oh, you know what that is? I'm like, no, and they don't need to. You go, oh, because you sheltered them. No, I don't want their minds perverted like your mind is. And, and look, I'm, I'm telling you right now, parents, that's, that's part of your job, by the way. But, but let me say this. You say, why is it our job as parents? Because God, our Father, wants to do the same for us. And the Spirit of God moves in a way to protect us. And how does He do that? Through communicating certain things, the Spirit of God moves and says, this is right, this is wrong. And the devil tried to imitate that there in the garden. Can I show you something in verse number 10? What happens? Adam hides from God. But can I, there's something really important here. It says this, when Adam responds to God, when God says, where are you? Adam says this, I heard thy what? And then it goes on, but the verse prior says that the voice of the Lord was walking. And so the Lord is, bear with me, moving. His spirit's moving. God is a spirit, John 4, and they that worship us worship him in spirit and truth. God's moving and speaking, and all of a sudden, Adam's not where he used to be. 
Well, why is Adam not where he used to be? Why is Adam now hiding from the very voice that gave him life? Because he listened to a different spirit. And now his response is to hide from the what you listen. You cannot play the game forever where you listen to stuff out there and you listen to stuff in here and you just continue. You will eventually go one of two ways. You can't do it forever. And so Adam goes, well, I, I, it just feels different. You ever found yourself going, I don't know why, but I just don't want to go to church. It just feels off. It feels different. Nothing's changed. I say nothing's changed. It doesn't look like dinosaurs took over, but, <laughs> but outside of that, nothing's changed at church. You know what changed? You did and what you were listening to. And the spirit that you were allowing to speak into your life. Look at Genesis 3, verse 17. Now, ladies, don't, don't get upset with me. But I'm going to use verse 17 to illustrate a great spiritual truth. Uh, look at verse 17. And unto Adam, this is God speaking, he said, Because I was hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Now, now time out. Time out, because I know some all the guys are like, Yep, that's right, that's right. Amen. Amen. And not even married. Boy, you're, you're crazy, man. Yeah. Let's mark him as a dead man now. Uh, but but now, 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 ladies, don't get upset with me, because I will point out, I'll be intellectually honest, and I'll point out, that there are places in Scripture where God tells, for example, Abraham, hearken unto the voice of thy wife. It's not just a matter of never listen to that woman. It's a matter of what spirit is speaking through that person. Amen. And if it's the right spirit, whether you like it or not, you ought to listen. And if it's the wrong spirit, whether you like it or not, you ought to shut it off. And we oftentimes paint Adam as, you know, the hero. You know, I'm dying for my wife. First off, uh, go back to verse number, uh, let's see here, verse, ten, uh, verse uh, 6. Verse number six, the Bible says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life all there at one time. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Now, people say, well, it sounds like Adam was literally with her in that moment. I, I kind of have a different take on that because what you see there in verse number six does not necessitate chronology. In other words, it doesn't mean that Adam was there in the moment that she got the fruit. You say, what, what are you getting at, preacher? Well, I think here's kind of what happened. All right, I think Adam, uh, Eve got that fruit and, and has a, a, an interaction with the devil, and there's a lot that could be said about that. And then she goes to her husband and goes, and he looks at her and goes, you look different. You don't look like you, you, don't look like you used to. As a matter of fact, you're kind of blushing in the face right now like you're embarrassed about something. You've never looked like that before in our lives. In our entire time of being married, the whole 24 hours, I'm just kidding, I don't know how long it was. <laughs> you know, it's been such a long, long life of marriage, but I don't know how that conversation went, but I bet he looked at her and said, you're different. See, this is why, listen to me very carefully, this is why when the Bible says what it does in Timothy, it's not a knock at you women, it's just a statement of fact from God's perspective that Eve was deceived in the transgression, Adam was not there's a difference with what happens with Eve versus Adam. Eve takes the fruit and she's under deception by listening to that spirit. Adam knows good and well. She's already dying. And Adam has a choice at that moment. What do I do? Which spirit do I listen to? The spirit of God or the spirit of the devil himself speaking through my wife? Now you may go, that's harsh. It can go either way. Forget about the gender battles and all the man versus woman. Stop that right now. That's not the point. Regardless of whether it's a husband or the wife, man or woman, if there's a spirit speaking through you that is not of God, you ought to check it. People say things all the time at church and they don't even think about it. I, I've seen people sing a special and you know they mess up on something and they go down and they're embarrassed about it. They did the best they could. And someone goes, I heard that line. Why would you say that? Like, what are you hoping to get out of that? What would that do to, for the cause of Christ? How does that edify? What does that do for somebody else? What, what spirit is speaking through you? I see these things all the time, and it's like Christians don't even question what spirit they're being influenced by. You know, a preacher, there's the spirit of man that's spoken about in Corinthians. You're right about that. I'm not saying that everything that's said is of an unclean spirit or the devil or anything like that. But you ought to have some discernment in your life. And understand that your spirit can be a channel for another spirit. That's a literally what happened. Look at verse number 17. And, and, and unto Adam, he said, this is God uh, talking, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy question. What voice was she listening to? 
And hast eaten of the tree of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curses the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Let me tell you something right now. Yes, there's forgiveness. Yes, there's grace. Yes, there's mercy with God. And, and, and all that, I will not take away from that. But can I say this as well? Sin will never leave you better than it finds you. And Adam's looking at the situation going, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I hearkened to the wrong voice. Doesn't Jesus say to Peter, get thee behind me? Now, you know why I think he says that? Not only is it what, what Peter is saying to the Lord not based on truth, but it's also based out of the same problem that Eve had. You know why Eve kind of fell in that deception? She was going to get something out of this. There was a false promise that she listened to from the devil, and she goes, I want that. You know why Peter says, you know, no, Lord, not so, Lord, because Peter ain't going to go down with a loser. Peter had decided how the story should end instead of allowing God to decide how it should end. Ever find yourself doing that in your life? And you are so, excuse the language, hell-bent on deciding, I'm going to go in this direction. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the Spirit of God says. I don't care what the Lord says through the preaching of the Word of God. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I know where I want to go, and no one's going to stop me. Not even God himself. There's a principle that you need to get a hold of, and that is this words are transmitted through breath. Try, Try talking without breathing. I know some of you, you know, some of you are thinking of someone right now, I know they talk without breathing. <laughs> but I guarantee you, Preston was imitating. We said, after a week in Puerto Rico, Preston imitated. And I, we said, how does it sound Spanish in, in Puerto Rico? <laughs> but I promise you, we are breathing in between all of that. You ever heard someone say, I was breathless? Breathless. Look at, sec- that doesn't mean they were... Look at Second Chronicles chapter 9. Just an illustration. Do you know what words can do? They can blow you away. In a good way or a bad way. Second Chronicles chapter 9, look if you would at verse 4. You say, what's going on here? Solomon invited a friend to church or something like that. And uh, the Queen of Sheba comes and checks out everything that's going on in the nation of Israel, and she just cannot believe what she's seeing. Uh, she is just so enamored with what God is doing in Israel. Look at Second Chronicles 9 and verse number 4. Second Chronicles cha- chapter 9, verse number 4. Uh, uh, verse number 3, I'm sorry. When the Queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel... Let me just, just, can I just make one small thing just for a moment? I know God cares more about your inside than your outside. I'm very well aware of that. But can I ask you a question? Why do you suppose some Christians dress better for their job than they do church? I don't, look, don't, don't, oh, he's a legalist. I'm not saying you have to wear a shirt and tie every Sunday or anything, or anything like that. But let me ask you this. If you're going to meet a dignitary, how would you dress? Now, I know, I know, because already there's like a boom. Oh, he's going to go down the road of legalism. He's going to make us all Pharisees. We're all going to... No, I'm just, I'm just, just stop for a moment and ask yourself, why does God mention their apparel? Maybe because she's looking at going, man, there's some order. There's some structure. They actually cared about how they were representing their country and their God. And look what happens here in verse number four. And their apparel, his cupbearers also and their apparel, and his ascent by which he went up in the house of the Lord, there was no more what? You know what that means? She was, watch it, breathless that doesn't mean she was literally like dead you understand though in other words spirit this one trying to show you here is connected with breath and so what when we're talking about is you hearing from other spirits that are watch it breathing things in your just like god did with adam but not necessarily unto life maybe unto death When Jesus shows up, or rather the Roman soldiers show up to arrest Jesus Christ in John 18. They're looking for Jesus, and uh, you remember the story? The Bible says that when they sit on him, as soon as they sit on him, who they're looking for, he says, I am he, and what did they do? They fell backwards. They were blown away. Why? From the speech of his voice, the Spirit of God moved, and it did something. That's what you want in a church. That's what you want in your home. That's what you want in your life. But can I ask you this? Is the Spirit of God the only Spirit that moves in our life? The answer is absolutely no. 
we have to guard against the other spirits that are out there. All right, look if you would at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to encourage you, uh, we're going to talk about uh, different spirits tonight. I want to encourage you to, to, to really focus here for a little bit. And uh, I, I understand if someone, you know, potty training kids and things like that, you have to go, you got you to gotta go. Uh, other than that, can I tell you, can I encourage you, be still for a little bit. Because one of the things, thank you for the one amen I got, be still for a little bit, because it is good for you to be still, to concentrate on what The devil wants to take, listen, church and your Bible reading in the morning. When you're reading your Bible in the morning, he ever knows it's a really bad idea to have your phone next to you? Because, um, yeah, he got it. Amen. So you know what happens? The Lord's sowing seeds and someone's scooping right in to go, let me pick that up. All right, look if you would at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, talking about the Antichrist, talking about what happens when the Antichrist rises to power and how in a moment the Lord destroys the Antichrist. How does the Lord Jesus Christ do that? Did you know over in Revelation chapter 19, it says that when the Lord comes back, He's going to come back on a white horse, and the Bible says that a sharp sword goeth out of his mouth to devour the nations. Well, what exactly is that sword? I don't know that it's necessarily a literal sword. You know what this book is called? It's called the sword of the Spirit. Why would you call it the sword of the... Because words are transmitted through breath. You understand this is all connected. All right, look at what it is, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume. He's going to blow him away, amen? Whom the Lord shall consume with the what? Spirit Spirit of his mouth. You know what I think is going to be happening when the Lord comes back? He's going to be quoting scripture as he comes on down. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, boom. Thus saith the Lord, boom. You talk about a sci-fi. Marvel and DC has nothing on the book. Man, I'm be talking, quoting scripture, boom, boom, stuff just blowing up and fading away. And he literally faces off with the Antichrist. And in three and a half years, the Antichrist tries to take over the entire world. And in a moment, the Lord destroys him. How does he do it? The spirit of his mouth. You say, what does that show you? Well, the spirit of the mouth is pretty powerful. You know that in John 10, you don't have to turn there, but in John 10, he talks about the, the Lord speaks of his sheep knowing his voice. And not listening to the voice of a stranger. I can tell you this right now. Uh, our baby's only six months old, and I can have my dad get on the phone, and all of a sudden, she gets excited. She knows my dad's voice, because of the time he spends with Here's this, you know, 70-some-year-old, you know, Vietnam veteran, you know, Panama, you know, did time in Kuwait, and all that, you know, drop in in a parachute, and there the baby gets on the It's It's amazing. I love it. But automatically, she knows that voice. I, I can, as a matter of fact, today, was it today? Uh, we were on the phone. Oh, that's what it was. She, but the, I was studying uh, and getting ready, and the baby's with me in my office, and I call her, and she gets on the phone, and all of a sudden she goes, <laughs> Olivia's like, I know that voice. Why do you suppose she knows that voice? She recognizes the voices she spends the most time with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know why sometimes pe- Christians, saved people, will come to church, hear what I'm saying, going, <laughs> This is my favorite one. I just don't like the way it was said. Have you read your Bible? I'm not trying to be funny, but like someone getting upset about me using a, a certain word. I said, you know, maybe punk or something like that because some people are punks. Amen. You say it's not a Bible word. Okay. What if I did use about bastard? That's a Bible word. Yeah. See, you see that? Now, now I'm, I'm telling you right now, you, that's not the issue. That's a deflection. You know what the real issue is? You don't want to submit to what God is saying in your life at that moment. So you're going to nitpick some other stupid thing. Oh, there it is. You can't use the word stupid. Teach your kids that at home. Let the preacher say it, all right? And <laughs> help me out here. And you shouldn't say, all right, well, let me ask you this. How much do you watch on TV you shouldn't listen to? Yeah, yeah, bring it. You listen to one or two words at church. I'm never going to go back there. Okay, if that's your version of Christianity, knock yourself out. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you read your Bible, I am a... So I'm a, the, the old t- song from the 70s, Tiny Tim tipping through the, the tulips. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, Tiptoeing through the tulips. You know, that, that's who I am compared to Elijah. Compare, I, I just wish he would use the words of Jesus. Okay, you're of your father the devil, and the less your father you will do. Ye serpents, your generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I never talk like that unless I'm quoting what some other guy said. You say, what is that? Well, I'm trying to get at is this, is that when it comes to things that people hear, sometimes you have selective hearing. 
And the reason you have selective hearing is because of the other spirits you've been listening to all week long. I want to quote some things in a little bit. Hopefully, they'll help you out un- illustrate what it is that I'm talking about. But it's amazing to me how forgiving Christians can be with Hollywood. And how forgiving that they can be with the world. And they come to church, and one thing that someone says, or maybe the preacher says, and they don't like it, I'm out of here. Now that, that's, you say, what is that? The real issue is your spirit and what you've been listening to. Now, now, Jesus says to take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. Not just what you're listening to, but how you hear it. You know how you ought to hear it? You ought to interpret things and listen to things the way the Spirit of God wants you to. Look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Well, this has been a fun introduction. We have not gotten to the points yet. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I'm trying to load your wagon up here. and trying to get you ready for what's coming. 1 John chapter 4. Uh, look, if you would, at verse number 1. Beloved, you know what Paul and John both say? They say, beloved. You know what they're trying to get across? I love you guys. And even though you may not always like everything I say, I love you. Beloved, believe not every what? Well, how does the Spirit get, uh, what does that even mean? The, the Spirit must be bringing some kind of message that you would believe. Or He would not tell you, believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Read the verse, look at it. Know ye the Spirit of God. Uh, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in, in, uh, in the flesh is of God. Now, you may go, why does he say all that? Because in the next verse, he talks about the spirit of Antichrist. And when the Antichrist shows up, you know what he's going to say? Oh, well, that whole Jesus story, that was just a continuum over time of different spirits that showed up that, that would give us certain truths. I'm not against him necessarily. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in the line of great prophets like him. That's what the Antichrist is going to show up and say. You know what he's going to say? But I'm here in the flesh to try to convince the world that he's the Messiah. Look at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater he is in you than he is in, in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, watch this, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth. He that is not of God heareth not. Why? Because the spirit that's in you leading you to say what you're saying, if you're led by the spirit of God, if it's another saved person, they ought to get in line with it. And if they don't get in line with it, then they're listening to the wrong spirit. And what John is trying to get across to us is to have, listen, I'm going to use a word that has been, I I think, only used one way. And because of that, as soon as you hear it, you automatically think something negative. All right? Discrimination. Now, right away, you go racial profiling. You think of, you know, uh, 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 people looking at someone and automatically going, I don't like you because you're X color or whatever else. Listen, I realize that, that people have prejudices, but the prejudices go way beyond race. I mean, you get someone, I don't care if they're black or white, they roll up in a Rolls Royce and a Mercedes, you know what you think? I don't, I'm not going to give them the gospel track. They won't listen. And you just profile them. And, you just, and it had nothing to do with race at all. Now, what I'm getting at is this. The word discriminate is actually not always a bad word. When you go to the red light out here, over here at Hamden and Hamden Circle, and you stop, Ryan, and you don't blow through it, you know what that's called? Discrimination. That means you had enough God-given sense to go, I should not run the red light. All right? Discrimination in and of itself is not always a bad thing if it's done the right way. That's why Jesus Christ says, judge righteously. You have to discriminate. Listen, whenever we are feeding Olivia certain foods, the other day we got a video. I'd love to share it with you. We tried out. We just wanted to see what it would be like for her to taste chicken. So we, you know, blended up, you know, the, the pollo molido, and we got it in there, and put it in there, put it in her mouth, and You know, and she looked at me like, Dad, why are you letting her do this to me? Then you give her apples. Um, um. She's like, faster, Dad, faster. Get a shovel and throw it in there, you know. You know what she did? She discriminated between what she likes in her taste and what she does not like. You do it all the time. I'm asking you to do it for spiritual reasons. I'm saying the only way for you to understand when something is of God is when it lines up with what God actually says. Not how you feel about it. Or what you think about it. So let me ask you a question. You start talking about someone, another Christian. You start talking them down. And then the Holy Spirit of God says, but uh, charity thinketh no evil. And you go, yeah, I know, but you're not being led by the Spirit of God. You better stop and go, what spirit am I being led by? 
I'm being a channel for something right now, and it's not of God. See, when, when we talk to Christians, it's like, you know, if, if I was like, you know, out there doing, you know, drugs and, and, and in the, you know, the, the crazy, you know, trans movement or something like that, then I'd be real. No, no, God, you, you understand the devil can, can flow through you in the sense of your words and cut someone down and get someone out of their walk with God and get so you go, well, they should be stronger than that. We could have that argument some other time. I'll just say this much. Watch what you say and why you say it. And in regards to what happens oftentimes is you're listening to the wrong spirit and therefore you justify what you say and do based on what you think and what you feel. Someone, okay, I'll give you an example. Let's say that I get up and say, hey, the Bible says you ought to train your kids and that includes corporal punishment. Not to be confused with capital punishment. <laughs> okay? You don't kill your kids because they misbehave. All right, that's corporal punishment. All right, if someone says something like that, they go, abuse! What does the Bible actually say about that? Watch it. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and he shall not die. Do you believe it? Oh, Pastor, you're gonna, the message is going online. You're gonna think, look, look, I, I think my kids would be glad to tell you there's a difference between someone that lovingly corrects like God does. And someone who's out of control and angry and abusive. Some of you won't spank kids. You know what you do? You yell at them and berate them. That's worse. Uh, and let me address the spanking thing. If you do it out of anger, you're wrong. Because your spirit is taking over where God's spirit wants to work through you. But, but what I'm getting at is this. There's certain things that can be said, and all of a sudden you go, I don't know about that. Well, what spirit are you listening to? Try the spirits. Discriminate them. All right. Uh, notice there's in verse number six, there's a mention of the spirit of truth at the end of verse six and the spirit of error. So let me talk to you about some spirits you ought to watch out for. Look at First Timothy chapter four. Anyone that is kind of recording this and trying to figure out where we're at. Yes, this is point number one. First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, of feeling this pressure to kind of just I want you guys to get the word of God. To First Timothy chapter four, look if you would at verse number one. I'd like to go to a church where the pastor preaches in thirty minutes. <laughs> I'll pray for you. <laughs> Maybe you pray for me. I don't know which way it goes, but First uh, Timothy chapter four, look at verse number one. Now the Spirit, watch it. What does the Spirit do? That's what spirits do. They speak. They communicate. Capital S tells you it's the Spirit of God. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? And doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I don't know how well, Brother Caleb, I want to try to get something on here, if that's okay. Um, I, could, I want to make sure the pulpit mic is working. Um, but... Let me uh, let me do something here real quickly. There we go. Are we good? Today, in the words of the Sparkle Creed, the Sparkle. I believe in the non-binary God, whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child. Their child. Who wore a fabulous tunic. Who wore a fabulous and tunic. He had two dads. Everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit. Oh, I bet you do. Shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. Okay, that's enough. I can't take no more than that. You know what that is? That's a seducing spirit. And they're all going. We agree. And they're quoting the sparkle, whatever a sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. I, sometimes I go, where am I? You know what it is? It's a seducing spirit. Let me, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Love is love. Right? All right. So if a man loves a five-year-old, is that okay? No. You realize... In a couple of years, there'll be people that will be defending that. It's already happening right now. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, minor attracted persons. You know what that is? That's a seducing spirit that puts you in a box, and if you disagree, you're a hateful person. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. 
So let's say, for example, that I say X is wrong, whatever X may be, okay, whatever it is. Does that mean I hate you? I can tell you this, when I get up and say it, there's going to be some people that hate me for it. You know what they'll say, though? You should have more love. Hey, let me tell you something. If you love someone, you tell them the truth. You know what a seducing spirit says? A seducing spirit will say love is love. A seducing spirit will say you deserve it. A seducing spirit will say, you know that old-fashioned Bible stuff at that? That's just too much. It's too hard. Go somewhere else where you can do what you want to do and still go to church and feel good about your life. Do that. It's a seducing spirit. A seducing spirit will say, you don't want to be a legalist, do you? A seducing spirit will say, it's no big deal. You need this. Chill out. The preaching is just too hard. You know what that is? Listen, I... I'm living in the, we're living kind of in the twilight zone where people go from preaching the gospel unapologetically to getting online and saying things like, let that blank go. Fill in whatever blank in your mind. And I just say, you say, what is that? That's not the right spirit. How does that happen? You're seduced into it. You know, seduce means to draw aside or entice. That's why I don't care how many times you guys get weirded out, but I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, if a young man or a young woman attracts you by a sensuality and tries to convince you that what you're doing is right, even though it's wrong, that's a seducing spirit. Uh, let, me, let me give you some insight. You can hate me for this or not like me for this. My job is to protect this church. I'm going to give account of that to God someday. I had someone reach out to me and said, hey, uh, you know, I just want to be up front. This is my background. Uh, basically went to jail for this, and it was pedophilia. And they said, can I come to church? I said, look, we'd love to minister to you. We'll do it from online. I'll personally visit you if you'd like me to. And, and you know what the response was? I can't believe this. I can't believe I tried coming through the front door. I thought you'd be more loving. And I said, I'm sorry, but we can't. I can't have that at my church. You can think whatever you want to. You can leave right now if you want to. I don't really care because someday I'm going to give account to God, not you for that. Now, you, you say, what is that? Now, what would cause the other person to go, well, you should and you... That's not the right spirit. You know what the right spirit would be? You're right, brother. I'm sorry. A little bit of humility. I wish I hadn't done it. Wish I hadn't gone down that road. Wish I hadn't made that a part of my life. I struggle with it. I wouldn't want that curse on anybody else. You're right, preacher. I'll watch it from home. Whatever you can do to help me, I'll take. You know, that wasn't it. It was more like, how dare you? Say, what is that? That's the wrong kind of spirit. Look at you at 1 John chapter 2. And let me tell you something. You know what a seducing spirit will tell you? Whatever it is you want to hear. To seduce is to draw aside or entice from the path of rectitude and duty in any manner by flattering. To entice to a surrender of chastity. If you know what that means, it means purity. Basically, to get you to give up what is right by giving you what you want to hear. That is what a seducing spirit is. Look at you at First John chapter two. Look at verse number twenty-five. First John chapter two. In verse number 25, after he talks about what God says in verse number 24, uh, look at verse 25. This is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that what? You know, he's talking about spiritual seduction, not necessarily in the sensual mind, not, not so much that, but more so spiritually. What do you mean by that? How about this one? Jezebel with Ahab. How about John and dad telling Amnon what he wanted to hear so that whole mess happens? How about this? When you jump online and you passively aggressively post something because you're upset with somebody and everybody piles on and tells you how great you are and how bad the other person is, you know what that is? That's a seducing spirit. Just telling you what you want to hear. You know, I've had people come to me and go, Pastor, what do you think about this? And I say, well, the Bible says. Okay, well, I think I'm just going to do the opposite. Okay. <laughs> Dock yourself out, man. Free country. You do not go to a church with a passion and try to control every move of your life. That's between you and the Spirit of God. But I will say this, it's kind of a heartbreaking thing, because you know I know when I hear that? You've been listening to another spirit. It's not about me. Listen, you know what I am? I'm just a vessel. You know what you are if you're submitted to the Spirit of God? A vessel. You know who you are if you're not submitted to the Spirit of God? A vessel, but for the wrong spirit. Now, I'm just going to give you guys, I'm going to be vulnerable here. You know what seduces me at around 10 o'clock at night? Bowl of cereal. Some of you guys went real dark there for a moment. I, 
Cereal. Cereal. Okay? A bowl of cereal. Now, now it doesn't matter that the cereal is like 90% sugar. I don't care in that moment. I just want the, sh- I want the cereal. And the cereal literally calls out and says, come eat me. Your wife will never know. Processed, you know, uh, what it was, I don't know all the little acronyms, you know, and GMOs and HMOs and PPC, whatever it is in there, you know, and, and all the stuff that you're not supposed to have in your body. And the cereal's going to come. But you know what? You know how I contain that? I can literally look at that box and cereal and go, you're actually not real food. If you love Captain Crunch, please don't stone me, all right? I'm, I love Captain Crunch. I love Fruit Loops. I love that. But most of that, you understand, has been processed so much, you're not getting much nutrients out of it. So if I look at that box of cereal and go, I want that, but you have no power because I actually know what you are. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Some of you are going to walk out going, it was the weirdest church service. Pastor talked about the weirdest things, cereal talking to him at night. It's always Wednesday night, too. I think it's church. I don't know. I saw, let me give you an example of a seducing spirit. I saw a man who used to be a pastor talk about, you know, basically accepting everything. Okay? I'll leave it at that. Accepting everything. Okay, so let me just say this. When it comes to outreach... I have never walked up to someone and go, hey, are you, are you gay or are you straight? Because I want to make sure before I give you this gospel track. Right. <laughs> I've never, I don't care what you are. Right. I don't care. You're a sinner like I was, like I am. <laughs> I was a sinner on my way to hell before I met Jesus Christ. That's the only difference between me and a lost person. I'm still a sinner, but saved by grace. Amen. I don't look at someone and go, you know, are you, are you this, are you that? I, I, it doesn't matter. Here's, here's the truth for your life. You need this. Outreach is indiscriminate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But acceptance of something should not be indiscriminate. And when you blend those two things, you're listening to the wrong spirit. We live in a day and age where Christians have been seduced into believing things that are not biblical. Look at 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22. You need to discern when a seducing spirit is speaking to you. And it's saying, come have me. Come take me. You deserve it. Don't listen to anybody else. Don't listen to the preaching. Don't listen to God. Or, worse yet, let me find you a verse of Scripture that's going to justify your position even though it's not right. You can take a verse out of context and make it say anything that you want to. I've met people that go, I knew that the Lord wanted me to marry that girl because she walked in and I've read this morning in my Bible something about clearness of eyes and her eyes were blue and I just knew right there she was the one for, what are you talking about? <laughs> Seriously, what's going on? You know what's going on up there? You are listening, you are getting out of your Bible what you want to get out of it and it's not necessarily the Spirit of God. And sometimes what's better for you to do as a Christian is let go of the things that God doesn't want for you and say, Lord, I will submit to your spirit even if that means that in the moment I don't like it. Can I point you out another kind of spirit? 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings 22. Look, if you would, at verse, <clears throat> verse number 6. 1 Kings 22. This is a, an interesting one. 1 Kings 22, and the reason it's interesting is because of the source from which this spirit comes, and you wouldn't expect it. And I think what it does is it shows a different side of God that most people today have no clue exists in the Bible. Uh, 1 Kings 22, look at verse number 6. The Bible says, And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, These are prophets, right? Supposed to be led by the Spirit of God, right? Like, thus saith the Lord, guys, you know what they said? They said, go up, for the Lord shall deliver it in the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, because Jehoshaphat had listened to enough Bible preaching to know, something's off with this. This does not sound, this sounds like, psycho, like modern psychobabble more than it does preaching. You know what preaching, you know, the Bible says, lift up your voice like a trumpet. 
I just wish you were softer. Okay, fine. listen to someone else. You know why? Because the Bible says lift up your voice. You, listen, you will listen to people who are excited about things in sports, in Hollywood, and then you come to church and someone raises their voice and it weirds you out. And I just got a question, what spirit would cause you to get weirded out by that? Because in the Bible, men of God raise their voices to convey the truth of God. Because it matters more than anything else out there does. Look, look at verse number six. At verse number seven, Joshua said, is there not a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire? You know, what, when he's saying that, you know what he's automatically doing? He's basically saying, I, I don't believe these guys. You know he just did? He just said hate speech. He called them out. It, it's like, okay, it's like this. You put food in front of your kids and they go, is there anything else? You know, they're telling you, I don't want this. Something, this isn't right, right? In their mind. All right, so Joshua's sitting there going, this is, something's wrong. Verse 8, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, preaches in a building on the side of a bank, <laughs> by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I, I thought you were an open-minded person, Ahab. I thought you just, you know, love is like, the, why are you so hateful? Because if you're not listening to the right spirit, you will despise the spirit of God speaking through somebody else. But I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. So I'm going to skip some of this and just help you out a little bit. Micaiah, by the way, the prophet that Jehoshaphat's talking about, or Ahab's talking about, is in prison right now. Why? Because they didn't like what he had to say. So look at verse 13. The messengers that was gone to call, the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king which went with one mouth. Just because everyone's saying it doesn't mean it's from the right spirit. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the, one, or the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. You know what that is? That's mob mentality. Why don't you get in line? Why don't you say what we're saying? Why don't you call it? Why don't you have a diversity officer? Why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? Why don't you have... You say, what is that? What, just like, like, can you imagine uh, uh, applying what's going on in the world in the church? You know why you don't need a diversity officer in the church? Because you don't have to force unity. Everyone gets united around the word of God. Because salvation in the gospel is a universal message. You know why they're trying to force that out there? Because they don't want to submit to the spirit of God. It's a funny thing. Micaiah says in verse 14, I'm only going to speak what God says. And then the king asks him, hey, Micaiah, what do you got to say? And Micaiah says in verse 15, go and prosper. Yay, you. You're the best. And right at the end of that comes in the song, don't stop believing. And they all get up and raise their hands. And like, oh, he's so gross. He's... And, and, and then the king goes, wait, I've heard you preach before. That's not, that's not how this goes. Tell me what, what God really told you. Verse 17, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. <laughs> Verse 18, the king goes, see, I told you. I told you. And then another prophet smacks Micaiah and says, hey, you know, uh, hey, you get in line, man. Get in line with the right spirit. And Micaiah's the one who's got the right spirit. Can I, can I just encourage you guys, just because you feel like you're lonely and, and the majority of people around you don't believe like you and look at things differently and they would say that you're wrong, doesn't mean that you're wrong if you're following God. Yeah. Verse 20, And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this man, and another said on that man. And there came forth a what? And stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a in the mouth of the prophets. Question, I don't want to blow your mind here, but who allows that spirit to go and do that? You're reading the passage? God does. You know what you read over in Thessalonians? That God's going to send strong delusion on this earth that they should believe a lie who had no pleasure in the truth but unrighteousness. You know, the worst thing you could get is for you to be so bent on what you want that God goes, okay. You know, over there in Ezekiel, the Lord says, I will answer you according to the multitude of idols that you set up in your heart. See, that's the sight of God. Nobody, well, that's Old Testament. Uh, okay, 
Well, then what about Second Thessalonians? That sounds like New Testament to me. Yeah. You know what that tells me? If you're not careful, you'll listen to the lie, a lying spirit. And you go, well, God would never allow that in my life. He might. Every once in a while, every once in a while, kids will be so bent on doing something, and you just go, okay. My dad would go, bueno, que te pase. It's what you get. It's good that it happens. In little translation, good that it happens to you, but basically, it's what you get. You're not listening. So, go ahead. Now, look, let me tell you something. I've been there. You don't want that. If you're not careful, you'll hear things out in the world. Things that are meant for someone else's ears. Hear me out. I'm going to wrap this up. They're meant for the world because the world is always built on lies and they are of their father, the devil. And those lies are intended to deceive people who don't want the truth. You know what's unfortunate? When Christians start Talk about music. What does the Bible say about music? Now some Christians will say, well, I think, based on? Based on what? Well, I mean, pastor, like, I turned on, like, you know, Caleb, and I didn't hear, like, just as I am. So, it's all I got. You stinking liar. You find a way. Look, I found a way in two days to get a blow-up dinosaur outfit delivered to my house. <laughs> and you're going to tell me you can't find good Christian music? You're lying. You're lying to yourself, and you're lying to God, and you're trying to lie to me, and it isn't going to work. You know what that is? It's a lying spirit. It's you saying, well, I just, it's, I can't, and I won't. And I, you say, well, what are you listening to? I'll tell you what you're listening to. You're listening to a spirit that is deceiving you, and one of the worst kinds of deceptions is when you get to a place where you, one time, I, I kid you not, I know a Christian woman that was dating a guy, and you know what the guy told her? And the guy was, man, off his rocker. He said, you know, like, I think we're, like, spiritually married, therefore you can't leave me. She's like, well, what are you talking about? He, he tried to quote some ver- way out in left field, nothing to do with anything. And I said, run for your life. You know what that is? That's a lying spirit. And worse yet, you know what these prophets did? They, qu- they tried to come off as if they were quoting Scripture the whole time. You know what Jesus Christ does? He goes and he preaches to the spirits that are in prison. You know what those are? Angelic beings. You know what that tells me? Spirits that come and deceive, they're spiritual beings. There's life there, but it's not the right kind. The only answer, my friends, look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to stop here tonight. Ephesians chapter 4. I'd like to move on to another spirit, but we we ran out of time. Look at First uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Ephesians. Sorry, Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to give you two verses from Ephesians: Ephesians four and Ephesians five. And when you start noticing a, a spirit that's trying to draw you away from where God wants you to be spiritually, and it's giving you what you want over what's true, pump the brakes. And do this. Look at Ephesians 4, verse number 15. Ephesians 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. You want to grow up as a Christian? You know, a young lady just got saved on Sunday. You know how you grow up? You hear the truth and you speak the truth. You are a vessel to receive it and you're a vessel to dispense it. And when you become a vessel that is receiving a message that is not based on truth, you will eventually be a vessel that dispenses that same non-truth. Look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now watch what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. It's an automatic. Look at verse 19. Speaking. Did you see that? When I take in more of God in my life and I make room for Him, automatically what should happen is I start to speak the words of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the things of God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns 
and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You say, what, what, why bring this music? It's not even about music so much as this. And what I'm trying to point out is this. When you're filled with a spirit, whether it's God's or someone else's, you are going to reciprocate what that feeling has brought you. And you say, well, how do I, if I've got the, if I'm listening to the wrong stuff, how do I combat that? Make room for the right stuff. I'm going to close with this thought. God is not just a God of quit this and quit that. God's a God of replacement. And when he takes, oh, we take the kids to camp and we say, hey, watch out, don't, don't hang out with the wrong friends. And we tell them, make friends at church. Make friends in a Christian community. You know, like, like get tight there. You say, why? Because you're not meant to be an island. If I tell these kids, don't, don't have friends in the world, you know, don't hang out with the people, they're gonna, but there's nothing to replace it, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go right back to it. So when it comes to a seducing spirit or a lying spirit, or as we're going to learn about next Wednesday night, a distracting spirit in Acts chapter 16, you know what you have to learn to do? Replace it with the right spirit. And that spirit speaks something very particular, and that thing is the voice of truth. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I hope you got something out of the word tonight. Besides weird cereal stuff. <laughs> Let's go, Lord, in prayer. And uh, Brother Tim, if you'd ask the Lord's blessing on us.